0: hey there it's matt clark so this is actually a replay of a webinar that i did that was walking people through a new e-commerce model that we've used to build our you know three-time inc 500 e-commerce business that's been scaling like crazy so obviously with the webinar it was done with visuals and slides but i don't think you need them to get the gist of what's going on here so if you just want to learn how to build this kind of business following the model that we've used i think audio is perfectly good so that's what I talk about here. I'll jump over to the replay in just a second. If you haven't already, and you're listening to this, um, hopefully not after June 1st, I uh, would love to have you at SellerCon. It's our big live event for e-commerce business owners. It's coming June 1st through 3rd. Uh, ticket prices, we're kind of raising them all the time because time is running out. There's uh, you know, not much more than basically a month left till the event, so if you'd love to join me and a bunch of other e-commerce people live and in person this June, just go to sellercon.com. That's sellerco com. Enjoy the training. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get rolling. So this is the new model for e-commerce success, not dependent on Amazon. Something that I just kind of want to comment on before I actually get to this slide is I looked up the stat and only 7% of people in the world are entrepreneurs. So I just want to congratulate you first uh, and foremost for being here because If you're not already an entrepreneur, you're soon going to be one. And so thank you, you know, (laughs) small businesses uh, and some that become big businesses, create all the jobs in the world. So congratulations for making me here and for being an entrepreneur. It's only 7% of people in the entire world, you know, the other 93% are working jobs that we create. So super cool to have you here. And I want to be very respectful of your attention and your time and try to give you as much value as possible. So why am I showing this brand up here? Well, this past Monday, April 3rd, um, the company that owns this brand announced that it was selling it to L'Oreal for $2.5 billion. This brand, at the time of sale, last year's revenue was about $537 million. That means this brand got bought for 4.7 times revenue, which is crazy. Way bigger than the typical valuations you see in basic, you know, sort of Amazon Me Too e-commerce businesses, which we'll talk a lot about. This is the kind of brand that I want to show you how to build. This brand started a long time ago, but I think the same things that have made it differentiate, you know, such as better packaging, better quality, good customer service, selling on multiple channels, which we're going to talk a lot about, that's the same kind of principles that I'm showing you in this webinar. So, We're going to go through all of this kind of stuff, but this is the potential. Are you going to build a two and a half billion dollar brand? I absolutely hope so. But either way, I'm trying to get you to build a business that is bought on a multiple of revenue if you ever choose to sell it instead of a multiple of profit. And either way, even if you don't ever sell it, then you're still building a much better business that's more fun to run and can't be taken away overnight by an Amazon policy change or a you know, unscrupulous competitor on Amazon or something like that. You don't want to be any so dependent on any one individual platform. And that's why we're here today. So we're going to cover the three pillars of the new model of e-commerce. First one is the product. You got to have the right kind of product, which doesn't mean you're going out there and, you know, sort of inventing an electric car like Tesla or something like that. You just need something that's unique and high quality. Second thing is you got to tap into multiple channels. Be where the customers are. The days of just putting all your eggs in one basket on one single channel are done. Instead, it makes way more sense today to be on multiple channels because there's kind of a compounding effect. They all end up feeding each other. So we'll talk more about that. Third is the formula. The third pillar of the new model is using the ultimate marketing formula to win. And that section, we're probably going to go more in depth than almost any other section in here. So a little bit about me, you know, I know a lot of you all I recognize some of the names, know who I am, all that sort of good stuff. Some of you all, I'm sure, are brand new. <laughs> I've been trying out posting stuff on TikTok. Fortunately, the days of having to dance to get, um, you know, followers on TikTok are done because that's not my skill set. Uh, but I've been posting some videos on there, running a few ads and stuff. So maybe you just saw literally a 30-second video and you're like, who is this guy? You know, maybe you saw one of the ones where I showed kind of our screenshots and our e-commerce business, something like that, grabbed your attention. But you're like, I don't know who this person is. Makes total sense. So a little bit about me, I discovered early on, basically my first job out of college, that I'm incapable of working for someone else. I can't do it, I'm miserable, I'm unmotivated, It's not. I don't think I'm being myself when I'm working for somebody else, that means I almost had to go figure out how to build a business. I started doing e-commerce way back in 2009, I've basically been doing it full-time since then. Uh, my businesses, e-commerce, software, training, a bunch of different things, have produced in total... About $260 million in sales. Uh, I'm the co-creator of a program called Amazing Selling Machine that some of the people on here mentioned. We've been um, teaching people how to build e-commerce businesses since 2012. That program has had 35,000 students. We've had people that have built businesses that are, you know, 60, 70 million plus a year in sales, which is crazy. Um, so a lot of success there and has allowed us to meet a lot of incredible people and I think helped quite a few people out. I'm also, more recently the co-owner of the three-time Inc. 500 award-winning brand, Life Boost Coffee. This is my current main e-commerce business. And so I'm still in the trenches, still doing this stuff. This is a little screenshot. Um, So back in January of 2019, I was looking to get my hands back into e-commerce. I had been, you know, running amazing, teaching people how to build e-commerce businesses, doing live events, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I was like, I'm teaching this stuff, but do I just still know how to do this? Because um, otherwise, it's just kind of theoretical. And so I kind of wanted to get back into e-commerce. I was also getting very big into healthy coffee. I was reading Dave Asprey, who's actually one of the speakers at our upcoming event. I'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, but he's a big e-commerce guy. But he was, you know, more importantly, very into health. And so he was talking about the benefits of healthy coffee and all that sort of good stuff. And so I was getting into that myself. And I was kind of seeing the market potential. Coincidentally, a friend that I met at a live event, Charles Livingston, he had a coffee business selling super high quality coffee, tested for toxins, low acid, single origin, certified organic, all that good stuff. But it was kind of just sitting there cuz his specialty is really on the product and customer service side. My specialty is on getting the customers in the door side. And so I was like, "Hey, if I can help you scale this business, I want to own a good chunk of it." And so that's what we did. So Made them a deal, kind of a back of the napkin kind of agreement because we're already friends. And then so January of 2019, business was doing $17,000 a month in sales. Started scaling it up. By the end of the first year, we were at over $600,000 a month in sales. Today, this is just Shopify, which you're looking at, by the way. We also sell on Amazon. Uh, But today, this business with Shopify and Amazon combined does about $3 million a month in sales, which is why we've been able to get on the Inc. 500 list, all that sort of good stuff. So... That's kind of my more recent experience that a lot of this content is based on because I started off drop shipping, believe it or not, selling other people's brands. Then I went from that into figuring out private labeling. Then I went from that into selling a ton on Amazon. Then I went from that into kind of saying, like, how do you build like a real brand in this space? And that's what I think the best model is today, because Amazon's not as easy as it used to be. So you've got to do something different, but e-commerce isn't going anywhere. So we're going to show you or I'm going to show you today the new way to build an e-commerce business. Based on what we've learned, kind of getting back in and doing this stuff with this brand. So before we jump into all the kind of tactics and all that kind of stuff, just want to make sure because we got a lot of people here. I think it's like two thirds of people. We got an interesting spread of people here, by the way, because we launched that little poll. If you got in late, you wouldn't have seen the poll, but we launched a poll before we started. that says, do you own an e-commerce business? You know, where are you at? Are you just getting started? I don't have anything going on, but I want to start a business. Uh, I'm doing less than 100 grand, 100 grand to 500 grand, 500 to a million dollars or over a million dollars in sales per year. And so the kind of split was we got a good chunk of people that don't have a business yet. They want to build an e-commerce business. They're here to learn the fundamentals, which is awesome. Then we've got a good chunk of people that have something going, but they're less than 100 grand. But then the next biggest group, believe it or not, are people doing over a million dollars a year. So we've got a really cool spread here. And I think you're going to get a ton of value no matter where you're at. But just so everyone's not just super overwhelmed, I just want to cover the business model we're in in like 60 seconds. And so first off, you got to own the brand. Remember, I started off dropshipping, which meant that I was selling other people's brands. In this model and building an e-commerce brand, you are crazy if you don't own the brand. Don't sell somebody else's product. Don't listen to the people on TikTok telling you to do dropshipping or selling t-shirts and all that kind of stuff. Own your own brand of physical products. And I'm going to go through a lot of examples here about why that makes sense. Then you contact some suppliers, you can find them on Google or Alibaba, and then they'll basically send your inventory to a fulfillment company or a third party logistics, which is basically just a company that has warehouses and people running around the warehouses that will pick orders up, they'll ship them out to your customers, so you don't have to do any of that stuff. You can build this whole business completely remote. And then you connect your store, either Amazon FBA or Shopify directly to your fulfillment center. And then you basically, when a customer orders from you, that order is automatically fulfilled from the fulfillment center. So that's my entire overview of this business. <laughs> if you want more, if you want to go deeper, uh, we can always talk later. got lots of free training out there and stuff, but that's in a nutshell how this business works. Just want to make sure that everyone's kind of caught up. So at least you got an idea of what business are we talking about here, which most people should know, but just want to make sure that's clear. So step number one, and this applies whether you're just getting started Or whether you already have a seven-figure brand. Because I've met so many people that are doing two, three, four million dollars a year. But they got products that they're going to have a hard time scaling. And they're sort of feeling the squeeze. Feeling the squeeze on Amazon. Because they're selling products that are similar to everyone else. And now you got Chinese people that are sitting there selling stuff. Making a dollar margin. And they're fine. And they're eating you alive. And Amazon ad costs have caused a lot of problems. And so you're kind of like, what do I do here? Part of it is you probably have the wrong kind of product but you can take that same brand, add the right kind of product, and you can totally transform your business. The world doesn't need another brand selling basic yoga mats. This is just an example. So if you're out there, I'm like, you know, I'm gonna sell this kind of basic product. My first question would be, what's gonna be better or different? If you don't have a good answer, don't sell that product because you're gonna be fighting tooth and nail, likely versus people that either have deeper pockets Because on Amazon, there's not a lot of great ways to game the reviews anymore. Uh, It's not worth the risk anymore. Um, There's a guy on here that's actually a member of ours that does like $75 million a year in sales. He literally just posted about this on Facebook, was like, hey, you know, I think he has like 100,000 ratings or reviews on Amazon. He's like, it's because I've sold like 3 million units or something. He's like, not because I'm gaming the review system. So if you want to get a lot of reviews on Amazon and beat other basic products, You either have to have a better product or you just have to sell a ton of units, which some of these Chinese sellers and other people are doing. And so they're just dropping the price like crazy. So they move a lot of units, get a lot of reviews, and they can eventually ramp up the price, which is fine. But who wants to spend, you know, hundred, 200, 300 grand on every single product just to try to rank it on Amazon. When like that, it could be taken away from you by a bad competitor, Amazon policy chains, or something like that. A much better model that doesn't really cost any more money, it's way cheaper, in fact, is to create a different and or better product. I know this because I've done all the mistakes. (laughs) This wasn't my exact brand, but my product looked just like this. This was one of the first private label products that I sold way back in probably 2011 or something like that. Um, This was a product that, you know, I'd been selling other supplements and stuff, but this is one that had taken off because Dr. Oz, he used to pitch every, you know, questionable supplement that had some promise for weight loss or beautiful skin or something like that. Every single week, he'd have a new one of these on a show somehow. And so he would go out there. And this is one of the ones that he was kind of pitching on his show, just saying, everyone needs raspberry ketones guaranteed to help you lose weight. And so it blew up on Amazon and other places. So I had a supplier because I was already in the supplement game. Started selling this thing and I was in such a hurry to get these things live that I was literally taking blank bottles and then the labels because I couldn't get them fast enough put together by somebody else. Me and my wife were literally strapping these things on the bottle inside of our living room and then shipping them off to Amazon. Um, So I was in the game like at that point doing that kind of thing with this product. What does this matter to you? Well, this was not that high quality of a product. I don't think it was hurting anybody. I think it's just kind of natural ingredients. Uh, But it's not a product that I really believe in. A big sort of litmus test for the kind of products you want to sell is would you buy it if you were on the other end? If you would not buy the product if you were on the other end, you shouldn't be selling it. So there's really two options to succeed. You can create a better product, which means you know something better than the options available, or you create something cheaper. The problem with creating something cheaper is, like I said, you've got people that have a big cost advantage. This is a website called Shane. Uh, It's a big sort of um, website that's blown up that does tens of billions of dollars a year in sales kind of out of nothing. Uh, It's done through a mobile app. And this is basically, you know, a a big Chinese company that has connected with all these manufacturers and is selling products pretty much all over the world. In this example, you can see that you can get a bathing suit for a man for 10 bucks, and they want to give you 15% off coupon and they're willing to give you free shipping. You're never going to make any money competing with people like that on price. Same thing with a lot of other basic products. You know, these headphones, like the ones below that are kind of like rip off of Beats, selling for $16 on Amazon. Over 5,000 reviews. So if you think that you're going to be able to make a product cheaper, that's going to be an uphill battle. So that leaves you with the other option. you got to make a better product. Now, what does a better product actually mean? It's not as complicated as you may think. First, it could be better quality. Meaning, you know, you take a boring sort of basic product that's not that exciting and make it higher quality. Example of this is kind of like the Quip toothbrush that took this boring toothbrush, not that exciting. They made it look way better, um, you know, a little bit higher quality ingredients. That's an example. Packaging, upgrading the packaging. uh, Native deodorant, for example. I don't have one here, but native deodorant. They basically took basic deodorant, super white, clean packaging. They also made it natural um natural ingredients so that helped but there was other natural ingredients deodorants out there but they really upgraded the packaging the other one too is method hand soap they did this way back in the day where they basically took you know the little plastic hand soap bottles that sit on your bathroom they created a way better looking packaging and that helped them sell a ton smaller you know such as smaller and sleek water bottle you know there's been a lot of companies that have done well selling water bottles making them sort of a little bit more appealing uh make it look better such as airpods people don't want to watch walk around at least before you go backwards like five, 10 years. People don't want to walk around with these, you know, big, ridiculous headphones. Uh, Apple's done very well. It's a super high quality product, but they also made them look way cooler. Uh, values, example of this, Black Rifle Coffee. Um, you know, they basically gone after the people, you know, their patriots, maybe ex-military or support the military, you know, that sort of um, values. And they have built, you know, I don't know what the valuation is now was, you know, 300 million. Last time I checked, they went public at a $1.7 billion valuation a year or two ago. And um, either way they do 300 million or so a year in sales because they made their brand stand for something. It's not necessarily better coffee, but they took these values and it permeates um, their packaging, their website, their social media, their donations, who they hire in their company. I want to say it's like pretty much all veterans, um, so their values really go deep in their business. That's another way to improve a product because you're improving it for that group of people, which is totally fine. It's not necessarily an innovation on the product. It's an innovation on the brand. Signaling also. If you can make a product stand for something such as Louis Vuitton, is it you know, better? Is, you know, It's a purse that sells for $3,000, 10 times better than a purse that sells for $300. Maybe not. But over many, many years and associations with celebrities and influencers and stories and all that kind of stuff, they've made people feel that when they wear their items, they're signaling to others like, hey, I'm important and I'm successful. Example here of, of one of these ingredients is Albert's. They do about $300 million a year in sales. They've taken tennis shoes. And are their designs better than anybody else? Probably not. Um, but what they have done is they, you know, sort of tapped into the, I want everything to be environmentally friendly sort of demand. And so they made their products, you know, if you go on their website, you'll see all their sort of claims about why it's more environmentally friendly to use their shoes. And so that's what kind of helped them go from nothing to 300 million a year in sales. Then there's Primal Kitchen. These are products I actually use myself. So Primal Kitchen sold to Kraft Heinz for 200 million dollars. This was basically built by a blogger. (laughs) A smart blogger in the health field for a long time, but he built this brand and they have clean ingredients. Like I use this stuff because there's not a lot of junk in there. Like I use um, uh, their mayo I've used, their ranch, um, their ketchup we've used, and also I've used their like barbecue sauce for ribs. And they have really good clean ingredients, not a lot of sugar, all that kind of stuff. And so he was a health influencer, so he made this brand congruent with his message. And now it's in all the grocery stores and everywhere else. So we took a relatively basic product. Like I said, this isn't inventing the next Tesla. This is just making an improvement on an existing product. But this is the kind of product that stands out and stands for something. So what's the process to kind of make all this happen? First, look in your personal life. If you don't already own a business, or even if you do, what could be better? What are you frustrated with in your day-to-day personal life that could be better? You know, think about your hobbies. Think about any of that kind of stuff. You know what could be better like for example like i do jujitsu and so i don't necessarily have the capacity right now but i think there's an opportunity for a premium line of rash guards which are the things you wear kind of under the jacket and stuff or nowadays you don't even need to wear the jackets because it's a whole different kind of sport um but long story short there is a potential opportunity there to create higher quality versions of those and so look in your personal life look at your hobbies what could be better i mean this is how almost all good businesses have been built. In history, you know, people started finding all these opportunities on Amazon to create products they don't care about. But think about almost all other businesses, they were built to solve a problem. It's come full circle, and now it's the case too with e commerce. Next up is to literally just look at Amazon. So, if you go to Amazon bestsellers, if you Google Amazon bestsellers, look at those products, or even look at your own Amazon order history and see of those products, what do you think could be made better? Either, like I said, it could be any of the criteria that we talked about. Could just appeal to a certain group better could have a certain feature. That's emphasized could have higher quality packaging. These are not revolutionary things to improve, but they are meaningful when it comes to your product being better and standing out and then validate demand. This is super easy because if you just go on Amazon and look at similar products, look at their best sellers rank. Scroll down in the middle of the page, look at best sellers rank. Or if you want to see actual estimates of sales, you can use software tools like the one we have called zoof Z-O-O-F.com. You can use, you know, Jungle Scout, Helium 10, you know, handful of other different ones to sort of estimate sales or you can just look at the best sellers rank. Best sellers rank goes from 1 to, you know, hundreds of thousands. If it's less than 10,000, it probably has pretty good sales. And so that's a way to validate demand so you're not selling something nobody wants. Then improve the product quality appeal packaging any of those elements we talked about and then what you're looking for is four to one margins ideally this means that if all in your costs are five bucks you should be able to sell it for twenty dollars or more this gives you the margins to you know pay for credit card processing pay for shipping pay for fulfillment run discounts handle refunds returns all that kind of stuff that happens in business so look for a product that has at least you can sell for four times more than it costs you if it costs you ten bucks all in Ideally, you can sell it for $40 or more. One example of a product that I went back, and it's going to sound make me sound kind of insane, which maybe I am, is I went back and read something like 25 years of annual reports for Monster Beverage Corporation, which used to be Hanson's Natural Juices because it's a public company and it's been public for a long time. So from like 97 to like 2022, I read every single annual report. I was like, how did this company, because it's a $50 billion company today. I was like, how did it get there? The turning point for them was, first off, they found that a lot of people are drinking energy drinks. People like caffeine, people like the cold drink, all that sort of good stuff. So energy drinks were really taken off in like 2001, 2002, and they were kind of seeing that. But then they were like, how do we create something different? Their big differentiator was to say, hey, everyone else is selling you know, an eight ounce can. We're going to sell a 16 ounce can. That was their big first differentiator. And it was basically the same ingredients. But then their second differentiator was like, hey, we're going to go out there and we're going to kind of like at the time, there wasn't really like, quote unquote, influencers, but they would go out there and sponsor like, you know, extreme motorcycle racing and like extreme sports and all that kind of stuff, big sort of rock band concerts, going after that kind of um, demographic. And they built a cult following in there. And now it's a $50 billion company, which is absolutely insane. But they didn't have these massive innovations. They had a few key things that made their product stand out. They went after a different audience and they made their product just double the size because they found out it wasn't really that much more expensive. Pillar number two, be where the customers are. You got to be on the right channels. 377,801. This is the number of orders we had in Lifeboost Coffee on our Shopify store last year. Why am I telling you this? Because we found these customers through a lot of different channels. Now, Facebook advertising is our biggest channel. We have a big subscription base, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. Um, however, we've got people that we can now email, text, send a postcard to, retarget, bring them back to our site. And we're not 100% dependent on any channel. Like I said, Facebook ads is our biggest channel by far for new customer acquisition, but we're also running on YouTube ads, Instagram ads. Um, TikTok, Snapchat, uh, and a bunch of other different channels, Um, Google search, Google shopping, everywhere we possibly can. And this doesn't include our Amazon sales and customers we're getting there from Amazon ads and Amazon organic rankings. You want to build a business that has a diversified base of traffic that you're getting every single day like clockwork. So if any one of them shuts off, you're not out of business. A little bit of truth about e-commerce. So this is Amazon sales uh, total online retail worldwide and total retail worldwide. Amazon sales is only 9% of all e-commerce worldwide in the U S you know, it's 40 something percent, but worldwide Amazon is only 9% of all online sales that happen. E-commerce worldwide is only 18% of all retail sales. This means 82% of sales are happening in physical brick-and-mortar stores total worldwide retail sales including physical and digital is thirty one point seven trillion dollars what I'm trying to point out here is that there are a lot of sales outside of Amazon Amazon's still a great place to sell but it's by no means the only game in town if you were to look at Amazon versus total retail sales it's less than 2% less than 2% so 98% 98% of sales are not happening on Amazon. This is why we are constantly looking at everywhere we can add sales. So you want to look at multiple platforms to produce sales, but you also want to look at multiple platforms to get customers. There are four or five different platforms that you can access, you know, at least as an American. I guess there's some in China and stuff that I'm less familiar with, but um, main social media platforms that have over a billion users. Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Um, These are all ones that you can post organically socially. You can also run ads. You can meet a lot of people on there. So the goal is to sell as many places as possible and get traffic from as many places as possible with the overarching goal to make buying easy. Don't make it hard to buy from you. Be where the customers are on social media platforms. Be where the customers are shopping on different shopping platforms because the goal is to build a good brand, like the one that I showed you Aesop uh, at the beginning, build a good brand, not just some hustle gaming a certain platform such as gaming the Amazon system or gaming sort of Facebook ads, I've seen people that's crazy, but they'll just run ads that are super scammy on Facebook, that account gets banned, they're setting up, you know, VPNs and different credit cards and all kinds of stuff to create new Facebook ad accounts, this is how they live their life, it's insane, and you wonder why these people never really succeed long term, short term maybe. Long-term, not so much. We didn't sell on Amazon for the first like year and a half. Then we eventually launched on Amazon. Today, this is our Amazon sales from last month, $537,000. So we really wanted to get Shopify going first, but the reason we launched on Amazon, sure, we want more control, we like customers on our store, Amazon doesn't give you a lot of data, all that kind of stuff. But people were looking for us on Amazon. So we're like, I'd rather they buy from us than somebody else. And so the goal is to be everywhere possible. You want to make it easy to buy from you. So that's why we are now looking at going into retail because we know a lot of people, especially with grocery products, because we sell coffee, especially with grocery products, you know, people buy those in grocery stores mostly uh, versus maybe something else. They buy more online, but grocery products, they buy more in retail stores. So we want to be there also. So. The goal is to make it easy for people to buy from you because if you're not easy to buy from, they're going to buy from somebody else's brand and all of a sudden you may lose that customer forever. So we want to be on Shopify, we want to be on Amazon, we want to be on Walmart.com. We want to be easy to find and connect with on all the different social media platforms. But you only have a limited amount of time of the day. So where do you focus? Well, I recommend starting on Shopify if you're starting from scratch. You have more control, but you have to go find customers. Um, Amazon for me would be number two but if you're already on Amazon great keep maximizing that channel just start building on Shopify after Amazon downside is you have less control over your brand there's lots of distractions on there where people go buy other people's products but there are built in hundreds of millions of customers ready to buy stuff Um, so there's pluses and minuses to each so a general order of priority Shopify your. you're gonna need a brand website anyways you might as well create it on Shopify Um, And so start selling your products there make it easy to buy from you over there It can also serve as the website for your brand then add Amazon kind of like we did once you have sufficient traffic Or if you're already selling on Amazon just maximize that channel while you're building up Shopify Then add other online retail sites such as walmart.com. It's going to be kind of probably the third biggest Unless you're in another country then you may have a different option or niche online retailers. What do I mean by that? well I have a friend who sold his business for a lot of money um, a couple of years ago now, and he, he sold a pet food sort of brand, not pet food, but uh, other pet related product brand. And a third of his sales, 30% of his sales were coming from Chewy.com. So what does that mean? That means that if there's other big niche sites in your market where you can sell on those, sell on those also. That's probably like third order of priority after Shopify and Amazon. Then physical retail, this is not my bread and butter. I have almost no experience selling in physical retail, but this is an area we're pushing. So if you talk to me two years from now, I'll probably have something more interesting to say here. But all I know, there's a lot of sales happening there, um, just statistically, and so it's hard to ignore this. You know, All of us that have grown up in internet marketing, we all have our reasons for not wanting to do retail, they place big orders, they try to beat you up on price, but it's still where the majority of sales happen. And almost any big brand, selling consumer products is selling in some sort of retail stores uh, because people want to buy from there. Now, in terms of that's where to sell, now where do you get customers from? The number one way, this is straight out of, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, but what I've also seen in my experience, you know, on social media is if you own an e-commerce brand, you are crazy not to be posting at least one video a day, a vertical video demoing your product or teaching something about your product or showing customer review or something like that Just a single vertical video that's 60 seconds or less, 30 to 60 seconds, and posting the same video on Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, and TikTok. You can literally take the same video, post it on all four places, and the viewership on each one is going to be different. Now, don't just blindly, this is where people mess up on social media, don't just blindly keep posting the same thing every day without looking at the results. Try to improve them. Look at what other brands are doing. Look what's going viral. See if you can emulate what they're doing. You don't have to go crazy. You don't need a whole production team. These videos should be free for you to create because uh, you can literally just do it on your phone. Um, and so that's a way to start getting free traffic to your Shopify store, or if you really want to, you can send it to Amazon, but create a brand channel for each one, or even better, make yourself an influencer. Um, I don't think it has the same negativity as maybe it used to be. People used to be concerned, oh, if my, if I, if my name and brand is all over this thing, then I'm never gonna be able to sell this business. Um, what's his name? Ryan, Ryan I am drawing a blank on his last name, but the big actor from uh, Deadpool and stuff. Uh, but he, you know, it's kind of the name and face of visible mobile. They just sold for like $1.3 billion. Um, so he, you know, and you see it with the Kardashians and all that kind of stuff, having your name and face on a brand like that, that primal kitchen, uh, Mark Sisson was the guy who created it. his name and face was all over it. Sold for $200 million to Kraft Heinz, not a problem. And so it's okay. And you'll probably get better results if you are the influencer, but at minimum create these accounts for your brand and start posting at least one vertical video, literally the same one, because it should take you all of 20 minutes to create the video and post it on each channel every day. So that's a way to get free traffic. But then eventually you're going to want to start scaling up with paid traffic. Order priority. First, Facebook or Amazon ads, depending on what platform you're selling on. Google search ads can be more specific, more targeted, but a little harder to scale. Third, TikTok ads can be way cheaper. I'm seeing CPMs or cost per thousand impressions as low as 30% of what I see on Facebook. We have not been able to scale this up big for our e-commerce brand yet because I feel like we don't quite have the right creative, but that could be very different for your brand. So to me, it's not number one, but there's a reason it's number three, because if you can crack this, it can work extremely well. And a lot of you all, judging by a completely different kind of business, but (laughs) on here, I'm sure a lot of you all probably got here by finding me on TikTok. So it does work for something. Um, YouTube ads, another big one, takes different kind of creative, but it's a massive channel if you can make it work. And then fifth, influencers and other affiliates. Great way to grow your business. We, um, affiliates, were about our second major traffic channel. So if you Google, you know, best organic coffee, best low acid coffee, you'll find us all over the place. Pretty much all of those are affiliates. And so if you can get other affiliates, influencers, SEO, blog owners, that kind of thing, another great traffic source for your business. Example of a company that's done this really well is um, Dr. Squatch. We heard them present at a recent event. Um, They started off selling direct to consumer on their own website, pushing subscription. And then they uh, have scaled up massively on Amazon where they dominate on Walmart uh, and physical retail where they do really well. They want this brand and this product to be everywhere. And I think that's the right way to think of this. And I think based on what that guy said, They do hundreds of millions of dollars in sales a year selling basically soap. So if you want a model to look at, check them out. Third pillar is what I call the formula or the ultimate marketing formula. So there's an investor that I follow that's a big sort of disciple of Warren Buffett um, named Monish Pabright. And so he has a quote that he says again, again, again. He says, capitalism is brutal. What does he mean by this? He means that a lot of businesses are not going to survive because As soon as you find um, sort of a better mousetrap to make money, there's going to be other people that come behind you and say, hey, I see that person over there making a bunch of money. I'm going to go copy them, just like it happens all day long on Amazon. So that's the reality of the game. If you make a lot of money, other people also want to make money. So they're going to be like, hey, what's that person doing? I'm going to copy them, their products, their brand, you know, whatever, as much as they can get away with. Um, However, you can stack the odds of success in your favor by doing just one thing, thinking a bit longer term this in addition to quite a few other things but this is one of the biggest defining factors of jeff bezos's success who i don't know if he still is but at one point very recently was the richest person in the world um either way worth a ton of money hundreds of billions of dollars at this point point. one of the things that he did better than almost anybody else potentially in history that's owned a giant business like his is think long term the entire time he was building his business he was like How do we win this game long term? Whether it was a new product or a new business, he was always thinking, you know, what do we do to make sure that our customers are happy long term? Our competitors have a hard time competing with us long term. We're not worried about squeezing as much money out this week, this month, this year. We're more concerned about how do we build this massive business so that we can make crazy amounts of cash flow and profit 20, 30, 40 years down the road. Now, I don't expect all of us, and I don't myself yet anyways, I guess, um, have that kind of superhuman patience, but we can think a little bit longer term if we really want to win, because if we do, we can absolutely kill it. i grab some water quick. So the formula that I want to cover is LTV to CAC. If you've been in business for any period of time, you're probably somewhat familiar with this, but this is really the formula that can help you build a million dollar, 10 million dollar, 100 million dollar, or billion dollar company. The company Bark. Inc. That you know is kind of famous for BarkBox. They manage their business based on LTV to CAC. They sell $500 million a year of te- pet toys, food, all that kind of stuff. Mike, who's behind the scenes, is a subscriber of theirs. Um, so it's the same formula, no matter almost what scale your business you're at. But what are we talking about here? So lifetime value. <clears throat> An example is say in your business, in any business, say a customer's first purchase is in January. They buy a hundred bucks worth of stuff. Their second purchase is a few months later. They buy another 100 bucks worth of stuff. And then say over the first 12 months, um, after those initial first two purchases, they make another couple purchases for 100 bucks each, another $200 in sales for your business. Total amount of stuff they bought over the first year, 12 months, is $400. Now, let's say your gross profit, which is your revenue less your product cost, um, packaging cost, shipping, all that kind of stuff, is 50%. That means that if they bought $400 worth of stuff, and 50% of that is kind of yours to keep, um, then your gross profit is $200, which is your 12-month LTV of all the stuff they bought over the first year, minus your cost, is $200. So the 12-month lifetime value is $200. This is why lifetime value is best looked at on a cohort basis. What do I mean by cohort? Cohort, I mean, the way I typically look at it is I'll be like, okay, what is Lifeboost 12-month lifetime value? To figure that out, I'll find all the people who bought, say, in January of 2022. I'll look at all the stuff that they bought over the first 12 months. What's that total amount of stuff divided by the initial number of customers who bought from us the first time in January of 2022? Then I'll do the same time for February, for March, and you start getting an idea. It's pretty consistent, but you'll be like, okay, on average, you know, maybe they buy a couple hundred dollars worth of stuff over the first year. So my 12-month lifetime value, and I like to look at it on a profit basis so if my 12 month lifetime value for revenue is 200 bucks and if I know our gross margin is about 50%, that means our 12 month lifetime value on a profit basis is half of that or say 100 bucks. So I'm like okay, from an average customer I make about 100 bucks over the first year. Question is, how much can I spend to acquire a customer if these are my numbers? If I make, you know, 100 bucks in profit over the first year, how much can I spend to acquire a customer? It's going to depend on the stage of your business. When we first started scaling Lifeboost, we, we had to break even in like month two. Otherwise, we would run out of money. Today, we're willing to go out a year. And so we can acquire a customer. Even if we make no money for the first year on that customer, we're willing to spend 100 bucks to acquire a customer today because we know anything after that first year is going to be profit. Um, so this is how you, by taking a little bit longer term view of your business, can beat everyone else. Customer acquisition cost is the other component of LTV to CAC. Example of customer acquisition cost, you spend 1000 bucks on Facebook ads, you get 20 sales at $100 a sale, so you got $2,000 in revenue, but your profit margin, remember, is only 50%. The revenue doesn't really matter. What matters is how much profit you make because you got to pay for your products and all that kind of stuff. So that means you spent 1000 bucks on ads <coughs> to make $1,000 in gross profit. That means your total profit on the ads is basically $0 upfront. Is that good or bad? Well, the typical direct marketing model that's been around forever is hey, try to break even upfront. And I think that's a good model. If you can break even upfront acquiring customers, meaning the amount you spend on ads is about equal to the profit you make on those initial customers, so it's a wash, then that means you're getting customers essentially for free. If I could get a million customers this month for free with those metrics, It's fantastic because in everything beyond this month, I've got them on the email list, text message, SMS, brand recognition, referral sales, all that kind of good stuff that I can now make money on forever. For as long as they're willing to buy from me, which is going to be a pretty long time for some customers. So this is the customer acquisition side. So something to keep in mind, general principles, he or she who can spend the most to acquire a customer wins. Let's give a couple examples. So we'll say Matt's meh company <laughs> has a $200 lifetime value. Mike's master company has a $300 lifetime value. And let's go through a few different costs to acquire customers. 100 bucks, 200 bucks, or 300 bucks. So in my company, at $100 to acquire a customer, I'm making money because it costs me 100 bucks, but I make 200 bucks per customer, let's say over the first 12 months. At 200 bucks... I'm basically breaking even. This is kind of the model that we're looking at for Lifeboost today. We basically break even in 12 months on a lot of customers that we acquire. However, if it's $300 to acquire a customer, and say I make no money after those 12 months or I don't know what it is, then I'm losing money in the first 12 months if it costs me $300 to get a customer because my lifetime value is $200. Mike's better company that's done a better job at increasing lifetime value, at $100 cost to acquire a customer, he makes money. At 200 bucks, he still makes money. At 300 bucks, he breaks even. So, what does this mean? This means that there's a certain point where Mike can spend more to acquire customers than me. He can essentially put me out of business (laughs) or at least dramatically slow down my customer acquisition costs because he can keep spending and spending and spending. He's still making money. Life is good. For me, I'm struggling to sort of survive. This is the position you want to be in, it's to maximize your lifetime value. Decrease your customer acquisition cost as much as you can, but most importantly maximize your lifetime value so that you can beat everyone. How do you improve customer acquisition cost though? We're going to start here first because customer acquisition cost I think is the harder one to really improve beyond a certain point. Um, you're going to have a lot more room to run on lifetime value, but customer acquisition cost, one way is to have a better, more appealing product. This is a product, because I'm a guy, I've seen this advertised everywhere on social media. I'm pretty sure they've done hundreds of millions of dollars in sales. Um, It's a men's grooming product. And so (laughs) they have a lot of brand that you can imagine is appealing to 20-something-year-old guys. This product package is actually called the Perfect Package. Um, So the number one way to improve customer acquisition costs, to get customers for cheaper, is to have a more interesting, better product. We We talked about that a lot. But that is the easiest way to reduce your customer acquisition cost is to to have a more interesting product. Number two way is to improve your ads. We spend a ton of time. We've tested thousands of ads for Lifeboost. These are some examples. These are actually little like video clips of coffee being poured and stuff. And so um, testing your ads, constantly trying to improve those is another way to drive down customer acquisition cost. The goal is just to get people to stop scrolling um, because most of your traffic is going to come from social media advertising. Third way is to increase the conversion rate on your landing page. Because if you get the same number of visitors, but you get more sales, then that's reducing your customer acquisition costs because you're paying the same amount for traffic either way. Um, so we do a lot of testing here, good headlines. Um, there's a good resource you can use. If you look up pastor, as in you know, preacher pastor framework, Ray Edwards, you'll see a good framework there to be able to um, kind of emulate on your landing pages to increase conversion rate. Now, what about lifetime value? I think you could do more here to improve. First thing is get people to buy more upfront. On our main landing page, we only give people two options. You either buy three bags or you buy six bags. This works better for us than having a one bag option. So this is uh, one way to increase lifetime value by just getting people to buy more upfront. Then we ask them to buy even more. We basically ask them to double their order regardless of how many they select. Then we have one-click upsells. So this is using a software called Zipify OCU or Zipify One-Click Upsell. As you can see, this is the last 30 days. This is all revenue that has come after person basically locked in their purchase to buy. Um, this is all the revenue we got after that. And this is the revenue per visitor. So anytime somebody saw one of these upsells, which appears after people enter their credit card information, this is how much revenue we got by each person who saw it. As you can see, a couple of those, 12 dollars $13. Every time somebody saw one of those upsell funnels, we made an extra $13 or so in revenue. Another way to increase lifetime value is adding subscription. This is actually an early member of ours um, nature wise. Uh, and so if you look on Amazon, the reason Amazon pushes subscription so much because they make more money. And so you should be trying to find a way any way possible in your brand on your website, Amazon everywhere, push people to subscription. It's a much better business to be in. So. Increasing lifetime value first get people to buy more now upsells order bumps bundling increase your average order value second offer subscriptions offer and promote subscriptions everywhere our typical model is go after a one time sale and then through text message email retargeting package inserts we push people to subscription after that follow up relentlessly through every channel you possibly can. As we all know, we've heard a million times, it's way easier and cheaper to get a customer to buy again than get a new customer. Use that to get people to keep buying more and more and more. Don't let them forget about you. Follow up so much that they eventually unsubscribe. (laughs) It's kind of the idea. Then add more products to buy. If you're a one product business, you could probably make more money by adding more products to buy and it'll probably increase your conversion rate as well. Then as you think about it, look at increasing your prices um if you can increase your price by a dollar that's an immediate increase to your lifetime value because they're immediately paying more so if you can increase prices look at that as well so what have we covered so first off this is kind of the basic model you got your own product you got a supplier you're using a third-party fulfillment company orders automatically ship to customers then we cover the three pillars of the new model having unique and high quality product being where the customers are and using the ultimate marketing formula to win. So what is the difference between a real brand like ASOP? Well, that kind of brand, you know, we saw it got bought for 4.7 times sales, a reasonable um, estimation. If you do things right is as high as three times sales, a me Too Amazon only brand. You're going to be lucky to get three to four times profit. So how does this work out for you financially well in like a two million dollar business with say like a 15 percent net profit the me too amazon brand is going to be worth you know 900 grand to 1.2 million a real brand like asop or some of the other ones that we've gone over can be valued at three times sales so that can be a six million dollar business that means up to 6.7 times more valuable by building a real brand following the steps that we've talked here and plus it's a lot less stressful and more fun. If your whole life is dependent on Amazon rankings not going away, that's a nightmare situation to be in. Versus if you know like, hey, I've got a bunch of people on subscription, like my business, half of our sales are subscription. I wake up every day to forty dollars to $50,000 in sales for that day by 7 or 8 a.m. just because people are getting rebuilt. That's a much better position to be in. We're not dependent on Amazon. If Amazon got completely banned or suspended for some reason, it's not gonna be great. We're gonna lose half a million dollars in sales a month but it's also not the end of the world. Um, Same thing with any ad channel that we run. Um, Nothing can really completely destroy us by a certain traffic channel being taken away. All right, so I'm back here for the uh, podcast recording. So hopefully you enjoyed that training. Hopefully you got a lot out of it. If you wanna see it with the video and the slides, it's on my YouTube channel. Um, If you just look for me on on YouTube, you should be able to find it or look at one of my social media profiles. Uh, Hopefully you got a lot of value from that. Like I said at the beginning of this, if you're watching this or listening to this before June 1st, we'd love to have you come join us. Our big live event, I think, is the best way to grow any sort of business. I've gotten so much value out of these. And so if you're listening to it before June 1st, uh, hopefully you can still go grab a ticket. Go to sellercon.com, and we'd love to see you there. Thanks for listening.